Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello, friends. Today, I am talking with my personal business coach, Elizabeth Fay. I am super pumped for this conversation because, first of all, she's 28 years old, and she has created the most amazing retreats, the most amazing community, the most amazing education. She's a salon owner. She has an amazing podcast, um, Hair Love Radio, which if you've never listened to it, I highly, highly recommend it. She's just an all-around pretty amazing woman. So I was very excited to get to talk to her and pick her brain um, for you guys just a little bit. And at the end of the day, it all really comes down to mindset. Whatever it is in your life that you're wanting or that you're wanting to change or that you're wanting to achieve, it all at the end of the day comes down to how you're framing your mind and and she is one that will completely transform the way that you think. I mean, I wouldn't be talking to you right now through your car radio or ear pods or whatever if it wasn't for her. So please enjoy this conversation. Hey, Elizabeth Fay. Hey. You ever get <laughs> sick of doing? hearing that? <laughs> no. <laughs> but everyone thinks it's a joke, like when we used to go to hair shows. Hey, Elizabeth Fay. <laughs> well, you can't help it. Like, <laughs> too easy. It's too easy. Well, thank oh, you for coming on and chatting with me today. I'm so excited. I've been a fan of the podcast since before birth, so I am excited, and I think you having a podcast is needed. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you because first of all, you're my business coach for more intently for the past year, um, but for the past couple years. And um, I want to talk about some of the things that you're doing because I know, I don't know how much you've gotten into it in a little bit of a longer form uh, conversation um, besides online, but I think it's pretty cool because you have basically taken hanging out with people that you have something in common with and created a business out of it. Am I correct? Yeah, that is, <laughs> I mean, that's one way to say it, that you're not wrong. Um, community is what we're in the business in. So yeah, you're right. So talk to me a little bit about that for anyone who's listening that maybe doesn't know exactly who you are because you are, yeah, yeah. What, we're a stylist turned yep. salon owner turned educator turned retreat creator. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> yep. 
So I've been in the industry since 2009. Um, I was a stylist behind the chair for a little under 10 years, um, full time. And then I've been in education since 2010. Um, I started, I mean, most of my career was 50-50 education. I worked like 40 hours a week behind the chair and I worked like 25, 30 hours educating. So I've been a beauty school teacher. I was for about four or five years. Um, I've done independent education. I did workshops. I worked underneath another person. So I've been in education a long time. And then in 2014, I went fully independent with my education and opened a salon in, I don't even know, it's been four and a half years. And so, yeah. And within the last three years, I've just been full-time education and salon owner. And now I spend my days, I'm a full-time coach and retreat host. And I, make a lot of free content as well, of course, you know, podcast and anything that adds value. Um, but everything we do is community centric. It's all about, um, geometric growth. It's what happens when you put people together in a container, whether that be, um, an online mastermind and an in-person mastermind, a retreat, a, an experience, right. A whatever a coaching program, um, what happens when you put people in a container where the environment is strategically built for growth? And so everything I've done has been very much with that in mind and how can we create these containers for growth? And um, we have it for all levels of business. I feel like I'm like freaking college. I'm like fun college right. for business entrepreneurs in the beauty world. Um, but all about, you know, that mind, body, and soul um, and bringing in, you know, business to that. And so it's a holistic approach to education. There's so much more than just being good at balayage to running a wealthy, joyous business. And what the hell are those things? And why do we need people? And how can we leverage our community to grow each other's businesses? So well, let me ask you this. Yeah. When, so for me, I didn't realize the importance of community, especially within my business until I went to Hair Love in 2019. Like yeah. I was, I had a successful business. I had all the things, but I didn't have that like community backing in that aspect, if that makes sense. Like I had friends, family, yeah. support system. What was, so hair love for me was that thing that was like, holy shit, like community is amazing. I need more of this. Yeah. What was that for you? Like, when did you realize like, yeah, like I, I need that. that thing? <laughs> yes. That's such a good question. And I mean, I say this as humbly as possible, but I do think we've been the leader in bringing community into our very niche space. Right. And I think we were a little bit, um, innovative ahead of our time. Like everyone now is understanding the power of community and they're able to experience it and leverage it in their life. And they're understanding they need to create it locally or online or all of the places. And so, um, it's been a cool experiment to see it work out. But for me, so I grew up, I mean, long story short, really troubled teenage kid. I went to girls camp growing up. I grew up Mormon. And so I grew up in a community. The Mormon community for me wasn't necessarily always healthy. A lot of it was toxic, but there were parts of it that were very fulfilling to my soul. And one of those things was girls camp. And the other thing is I grew up with a dad who was a Boy Scouts leader. So I grew up going to hair like hair love like experiences. I grew up you know, to him taking these boys into the middle of nowhere or hiking or, you know what I mean? Like essentially he didn't know, but he was masterminding with them or taking them on these experiences. And I grew up doing it my whole life with him. And so I saw that my dad also, um, my family has teepees. He does a lot of, he does nature walks, a lot of community things where he would take people there and we would go to these, um, 
rendezvous and a rendezvous is a gathering of people where they would trade goods and and um all walks of life would come i literally had a rendezvous dress it had like elk buttons on it like it's, it's just funny i grew <laughs> Wait, up it's like a special that. outfit yes i guess i can find <laughs> a picture of it but um so i grew up like so much community centric escape you know we call our um education style escape to learn but like escaping to learn and my dad it was very god focused it was teaching me about god and connecting to self and a lot of that stuff um but i think that was huge and then the first salon i was a part of um i mean some people might say it had kind of like a cult like feeling at paul mitchell's no you know red can a lot of those companies people call them like people gather kind of like a cult which sounds bad but it wasn't um but i i really had a strong community with them and they were very tight-knit and so i just had been immersed around it you know i was a beauty school teacher in paul mitchell and so all of these things were so community centric that i i just was ingrained in me my whole life and then as i excelled in business um, I started building a local community of females where I live, which was event planners and photographers and boudoir photographers and makeup artists and other hairstylists. And it helped me grow my local business so much. I mean, I was able to grow a six figure bridal business, a multi six figure behind the chair business, a successful salon, which is like crazy. I live in a small town. Like right. I was making great money and I, I just knew it was crucial. And so hair love was just taking that and what I loved most hair. And it wasn't, it was supposed to be a one-time fun thing, you know, and it obviously turned into so much more than that. Um, but that's, I just have always known community is so important. So. Well, it's, I, I feel like years ago when I heard networking, I thought like, ew, like I thought I imagine like business yes. suits and like, you know, talking to people because you want something, I think is yeah. what I always thought networking Which a was. a lot of people do network like that. <laughs> right. But, right. Well, I, I'm learning that as I'm getting into the space, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, it's really interesting because I'd never thought of networking as like finding like-minded people that like yep. uplift you, you know, because yeah. like I have you as a mentor, I have other, you know, coaches as a mentor, yep. but like, like Jordan and I talk once a week and like we mentor each other the same way. And that yes. is, you know, I think there's a space for networking and there's a space for like a paid coach at the same time. Cause they're different. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that. That's a really cool thought. Yeah. And I mean, in, in meeting the people that I met at hair love, you know, they're my friends now. I mean, I've seen them all outside yeah. of your events and, and, you know, and, and it's, it's something I didn't know I needed. Yeah, I, I love it. That. <laughs> and, and you know what? I needed it too. And I think we all do. And as I grew in my business, I started becoming a part of other people's experiences. And I, in full transparency, you know, didn't, there wasn't anything like hair love. That was more like a dad, inspired by my dad. But like I had been a part of, you know, masterminds or groups or little retreat experiences or whatever. And, um, but I felt disconnected as an educator and a salon owner. I felt like there wasn't anything unless I was connected by a brand or I worked for a company and they were part of a franchise because I worked for Lunatic Fringe, which is a franchise. I worked for Paul Mitchell, which is a you know community. There wasn't anything with like that cross-pollination of like someone from Redkin, someone independent, someone Paul Mitchell, unless I went to a hair show. And for me, hair shows are like I'm not a, I, I don't thrive in that environment. I teach at them sometimes, but like, I hate networking at a bar. I hate walking up to people I don't know. Like if 
I believe in like human design, which if you don't know what it is, look it up. But I'm like, but yes, definitely look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I like need an invitation. Like I don't just walk up to someone like that is my worst freaking nightmare. And I remember comparing myself to my friends like Cassandra Platinum or Lo Wheeler and being like, how the fuck do they just walk up to people? And like people know I'm like, that's my worst nightmare. And for me, I needed safe spaces. I needed community and not that like networking. And so it was, it was something, I mean, a little bit selfish. I wanted to create a community where I had a network of people who, who had their guard down, who didn't feel intimidated, who didn't feel in competition. And, but you had to build the right environment for that. Like that doesn't just happen. It has to be like strategically set up to be like, this is a safe container. We can share ideas here. Like we can give each other each other's secrets or help each other or you know and people had to see that by example by you had to have a few people buy in to say okay i'm gonna do this and then well if they're doing it then maybe i'll come too right it's like the one person dancing you're crazy two people dancing whatever you're like two silly friends three people dancing is a party and people start to come over right so i had to get three people to dance with me right and and then it just kind of builds that triple trickle effect but like it it's just we need that we need that yeah. so bad like I needed educators who would share with me and I, I totally sure. agree with you because when I go to the big hair shows like they're like it to me it's like walking through a shopping mall but with like loud music and like alcohol <laughs> it's yeah. it feels like an advertisement like yeah. you know like every like I feel like everywhere somebody's trying to sell you something and like when you are watching stuff on stage it's just a snidbit so that you'll go and buy the thing later the education later so like I don't love I mean great don't get me wrong I have a great time at them um but it's not the same situation and when I went to hair love it's like the first first of all you're terrified like yeah. you know <laughs> you're doing this very expensive thing that like you yeah. you've never done before. And then like the day one, it's like, wow, like I'm building trust day one. And then yeah. the next day is like, oh my God, I learned something about myself. And then the next day it's like, oh my God, I learned something yeah, about this person next evolved. to me. And then yeah. it just evolves and it, it was just so different. And um, so what made you want to branch out from stylists? I mean, you still kind of are in the only hair industry, but like now you've, you know, you're helping educators and then you have your high powered Academy. Um, like what made you kind of, was that just your evolution? Yeah, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, (laughs) so I mean, for those of you who don't know, 90% of our business is focused towards hairstylists. Um, there is a small niche in some of our higher level programs that do very specialty things. And so, you know, we have bigger programs that are meant to help people hit their six figure mark, or if you're at the six figure mark, but you don't really feel like you're running your business, like a wealthy business, how can we, you know, figure out where that money's going, grow your brand, etc. Um, but I do have smaller masterminds and academies and Misty's in our higher level ones. We have one called education foundations, which is for building education. So I guess for me, it's fun for me to teach stuff I'm doing. Right. And so it came more so out of like, I have literally, I've sold e-courses, I've had evergreen funnels, I have done programs, I have done memberships, I've done every type of retreat, um, big, small, I've done conferences, one day I've done tours, I've done workshops, I've done VIP days, like, I mean, you name it, like, I worked at a beauty school, I've been on the biggest stages, I've done keynotes, like, what the fuck, I've done all the sorts of events and education, and I've been 
you know, trained by big brands and I hire speaking coaches. I have, you know, I have a wide range of experience. I really take my craft of coaching very seriously. And, um, there were so many people in my life like you who I really believed in. I loved, I had a fun time coaching. And I think this is something to think of as a business owner, like follow the fun. Like I have a blast coaching you. I can totally help you with what you need. And it's fun for me. Why the hell not? You know, like it's all in my head. I have the systems. I figured it out the hard way. I knew I could shave years off your life. I knew I could save you tens of thousands of dollars. I knew I could make you hundreds of thousands. Like, so when you have those moments where like, everyone's asking me this, everyone comes to me for this. I have fun doing this. You need to pay attention to those things. That's like following your joy, what your purpose is in life. And so, um, that's when I created that program and I had a freaking, I have a blast doing it. I'm on my, I'm doing another round right now. We'll end it and we'll open up only one round of it next year. Um, and it's just fun for me. I love to ideate with others. I love to help them build stuff. I I'm really good at seeing the big picture. So, um, that's why I did it. And then our high power Academy, um, is for the multifaceted higher level entrepreneur. They're, they're already killing it, but they are expanding into other things. So maybe they're a hairdresser and a salon owner or, and an educator or, and an influencer. And a few of them honestly aren't even in our industry exactly, but, um, it doesn't matter. Like if you're a creative service provider, you serve people, you have a mission, you have to manage your freaking finances, you have to scale and you have to break through the things that are limiting you in your mind. Like it's all the same shit. And so, you know, as much as my mission is to elevate the beauty industry, I have such a heart for women, creative entrepreneurs. Um, that's just fun for me. Like yeah. it, it aligns. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. You know? Well, that's what that's, I think 2020 especially like showed like, like, what do you enjoy? Like, what do you love? Yeah. What, what do you want happiness? What does that look like? And how can I do that? And how can I make money doing that? I mean, and it's not yeah. about the money, but yeah. it has to be to yeah. a certain because nobody can, you know, pay. You can't keep. Rent. You can't keep helping people if you don't make money. And you can't pay your rent on on hugs. Like no, <laughs> no. And I mean, I, maybe I you think, can, but you don't want to be that person. Trust me. <laughs> like, no, you can't. And you can't serve at your full capacity if you're not abundant. Like you can't show for your clients if you don't have like wealth in your life. Like how differently would you show up if money you weren't worried about the money? Right. You would show up a lot differently. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I talk all the time about normalizing the wealthy stylist. And I think people think that I want people to be rich. And no, I want you to be happy and still be able to, you know, live the life that you want to live. You know, it it has, it really, it, it has to do with money because having a certain amount of money eliminates stress. Yeah, 100%. So I actually, this is interesting. So what my business coach, his name, I have a few, but one of them is Rob Murdoch. And he specializes in just like overall fulfillment coaching business, like pretty generalized. Um, And he also hosts Experience Mastermind. So I go to his because it's nice to go to one. If I host them, I have to be able to hold space for you and all the other people there to show up full of that light. Well, you don't get to enjoy it like we do. No. And I have a, trust me, I have a freaking blast. Like you guys, I consider my dear friends, like some of the most dear people in my life. 
but it's nice for me to go to something and not have to worry about the catering or all of that, you know? So I attend one, but I had a call with him this morning, um, about building your dream life. And this is interesting because everyone should think about this. Um, and he talked about your dream life doesn't have to be a number. And I love this because we do talk about that hundred K mark and, and sometimes we need tangible numbers to be able to have a goal, to be able to reverse engineer, to have something tangible to go after. But we did a really cool activity today where we broke down my current payroll, all of my overhead, what events cost, you know, what it costs to keep things moving, my mortgage, you know, groceries, all of that shit, my coaching I pay for, for myself, all the software I pay for to have other people. Um, and then what I wanted, like what additionally would I want in my life? Right. And I was like, okay, well, I would like more help on the team, or I would like to put more into retirement or, you know, different things that I wanted. And we basically, he was like, okay, well, this is the only number you need to make that. And it was a really cool activity because the number might be a lot smaller than you think. Right. But it's the, it's large fulfillment. And so I challenge you to do that of like, okay, if I had my dream house, what would my mortgage be? If I had an assistant, what would it cost? If I, you know, et cetera, if I could invest, you know, 10 or 20 grand into coaching a year, if I, all the things you want, right. If I could have that all the time and maybe you're like, I only need to make 80 a year. I only need to make 110 a year. Well, shit, I can do that. You know what I mean? And so I think it's a cool it was a cool activity and I share it because it was very helpful and eye opening and it was just fulfillment driven, you know? Yeah. I love that. I listened to this podcast called, um, uh, oh, crap. I forgot what it's called, but it's essentially a coaching podcast. That's like, um, if you want a small business, like you don't want the big better than big, that's what it's called. And she talks about taking the life that you want and then building your business around that rather than building yes, your exactly. life around your business. Yes. And I love that. And and for stylists listening, because more than likely it's going to be, you know, 99% stylists listening. um, What do you want your business, what do you want your life to look like? Do you only want to work three days a week? Like, do you want to be off at five? Like, and then build your business, you know, in in that way and um, reverse it. Well, and if you know, I only need to make 80K a year to have an assistant pay for the coaching I want, live in the house I want you know, saving money every month. Well, shit. Okay. How do I do it on three days a week? Right. Like you, you know, reverse engineer it. And that's, I think that's just super empowering and such a great way to look at your year in advance, like this time of year where we're in quarter one, I'm assuming. And, um, and just be like, okay, I only have to make 25 K a quarter. Like I can do that. And what people don't realize is when you're happy and you're passionate about what you're doing, more money comes. And I feel like we, I you know, so I did hair for 17 years. So, you know, before Instagram and all that stuff, it, it was this hustle, 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 like do all the things, you know, you have to work hard. Like you're always going to yeah, be fired. Totally was. I made less money doing that. And I was I happy. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> there is like so much we could unpack there, but it's functioning at a state of scarcity of not enough and not in lack. And it's a fear of if I don't, I mean, millionaires do this. It doesn't even matter. Like you could be living paycheck to paycheck as a multimillionaire or as someone making 30 K a year. Um, it's that, and when you're living in that, you spend everything you make. Like there's so many things to unpack there. Um, but 
and that's why and when people take control of their schedule take control of their life they choose what they're going to make they choose when they're going to work there's a reason that they they keep more it's as simple as like when you teach people to budget like for example Maisie just moved to LA Maisie is our director of events she's freaking phenomenal at her job and she just moved to LA LA is obviously more expensive than Utah right and I might, I, I might change next year, but yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so she, she moved there and she created a different type of budget, making the same amount of money she was keeping more, but it's that choice to be in control, to choose where things go. And, and that, that goes across everything in your life. And so if you are someone who's undercharging and overworking, I want you to like analyze why, like, what is it that I'm afraid of? How am I experiencing a lack mentality and how could I show up differently? Um, and if you showed up differently, you would, you would charge your worth. You would have boundaries on your time and it creates demand. It creates confidence. It creates certainty and people are drawn to that and people will pay for that. Yeah. And that's why, that's why businesses like that, they make more money. Well, it's interesting because fear seems to be the, um, the word of this season of my podcast, because I've been batching this week and talking to lots of people. And this has been a word that has come up so far with everybody, because it's no matter if you're a stylist, you're going into education, you anything there's fear, like there's so much fear involved and, and you know, what's the worst that could happen is always what I say, like literally what is the worst thing that could happen if I ignore the fear and do the thing? Yep. And usually it's not that bad. the situation we're in. <laughs> yeah. So you're already fucking living it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's usually not that bad. And yeah. I love, that. I mean, that's a great question. Honestly, I'm not someone who goes to worst case scenarios. I'm like a plan number one type of person and I make that plan work. But this was the first year in my life I had to genuinely be like, what is the worst case scenario? And for us, it was, that we move the event and we move the event twice. It happened, right? It happened, yeah. And I forecasted what would happen if that was the worst case scenario in spring. And I hate going. Like, it's just not in my nature to even go to the worst case scenario. But it was, I had to, because obviously we were all in a situation this year and I had to make plans for if that happens, what is this going to look like? How are we going to work with vendors? You know, all the things that go to that. And just as stylists, like the worst case scenario for California was another shutdown during the air quotations busiest time of year, which I can unload how I think that is a load of bullshit that they're yeah. <laughs> that's like a whole nother thing. Um, again, though, that's a scarcity mindset that your money only comes to you at a certain time of year and seasons. Like that's a whole nother, like you've trained your clients to do that. But, um, I, I think that is great to go there because the worst case scenario was that we move everything and we did the same thing we did in spring and it was fucking fine. It was right. still hard. It was still a pain in the ass. I was still devastated. There were still a few people upset. There was also like 98% of people who just dealt with it, you know, and it just, it just is what it is. And like, we have lived through so many worst case scenarios this year, like use them to empower you to know what you're capable of and not to be afraid of what else is going to happen. When else is shit going to hit the fan? Cause if you move into this year thinking like that, you will find and manifest things to keep hitting the fan all year long. Like you will just see it. Like you need to look for proof that things are working out, that things are turning up in your favor, that abundance is coming to you. Like that's going to be so important in this next year. And that will be the difference between businesses who close and businesses who thrive. 
I agree. I think that um, mindset is everything and it's not easy, you know, going into, going into coaching and educating this year, the mindset has been the hardest part, you know, and it's, it's harder because it's like kind of all on you. There's not like, I mean, yeah, yeah, you work at it, but it's like a mental work, which is a little different. Um, but I want to get back to how you having to cancel some of the retreats and stuff. I want to <laughs> ask your, your opinion on something because I'm finding this year has been interesting because it's been the perfect storm of shit, obviously. Um, to, and this will be in 2021, but we're talking 2020, of course, everyone knows. <laughs> um, but do you feel like like all of the negativity that people were either projecting on you or just in general, like on whatever was going on on social media, because there was a lot of cancel culture go- happening this yep. year, things like that. Um, do you feel like it was just a projection of stress of yep. their internal stress at the end of the yep. day? Yep. 100%. And I think that was, I mean, I've done more mindset and spiritual work this year than I ever have in my life. I'm literally not, I'm not even the same person I was three months ago, six months. Like I have evolved into like, I'm like Elizabeth 5.0 now, right. um, but because of the pressure and shit we've been put under and I've watched you Misty, you're like Misty 5.0, like you've evolved so much. It's been like a pressure cooker. Um, so uh, this is in full transparency, literally 95% of our community was angelic, amazing humans. Like maybe they didn't read an email or they were confused, but like they were great. Like they dealt with it. They understood what they agreed to when the event happened, they understand that COVID is out of our control, you know, et cetera. There was a very small percentage. I'm talking less than a handful of people, one of my hands who were absolutely horrific. And I knew the whole time it was 100% a projection of the world is ending. I'm going to lose my business. I'm afraid of losing money. I get it. I totally get it. Everyone went through it. Everyone lost money on flight, you know, name it. Like if you didn't lose money or something didn't get canceled on you this year, like then you do nothing with your life. Right. (laughs) I have so much money. Like I spent 30 grand on a mastermind that I'm attending that I don't get to go to until this year. Right. Like, and I was supposed to go to two of them last year. Like, welcome to the fucking club, you know? And, um, but it was like, it was a projection. I even had, I was cyber bullied for like a week and a half, like bad. Really? And I didn't even shed light on it because it didn't matter. Shouldn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, and so, but I was like really like hardcore. It was one girl who was a retreater and the other five girls didn't even know me. They've never been to any of my retreats. Some of them were not even hairdressers. They've never purchased a product from me. So they have no idea who I was, but they was, they were on the cancel culture wagon. Right. And there were bad reviews and there were mean DMs and they spammed comments. And I mean, you just block people. Like it wasn't the end of the world, but it was emotionally, I had to really think about like, is this a reflection of me? Is this people, you know, and people when they're put in this pressure cooker, I saw one of two things this year. There were people like you who literally pivoted, changed their life, found their fulfillment, they're going for it, and they are going to recreate themselves this year, and they're going to be the leaders next year, the years after. When change happens, when chaos happens, there's opportunity. And I mean, honestly, I know you're doing what you're doing because you really feel drawn in your soul, but like you will be able to monetize and capitalize off of this moment in your life when you realize you needed a change. And so many people will, if they're awake and they're paying attention and the people who don't, 
they lost their shit. You know, they're, they're caught up in the chaos. They're caught up in the negativity and they wasted so much energy that could have shifted them into a new level of themselves. And, um, like it just, it was too bad. I was like, I wish I could just coach you. (laughs) Well, and I think too, like, I think new levels of somebody is dependent on the person as well, because some people, some people, you know, I mean, I'm all about getting out of the comfort zone, you know, but not everyone's like that. Like some people just want more time with their family or like, you know, but that's still a new level. That's what I mean. That's what I was going to say. And, and I love seeing that people are like, you know what? Like, I don't want to double book anymore and I'm not going to. And I, I want to be off on the weekends and I'm going to be and like, so a lot of times I think sometimes when I'm talking about like push yourself or do the things that make you happy, they think that I mean like get up early and exercise and blah, 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 you know, which I don't get up early, but anyway. Um, (laughs) um, and it's like, no, it's like, what do you want? Yes. Yes. How can you do what will make you happy? Exactly. Yeah. Levels are not, it's not a ladder. This isn't like a vertical ladder of like more, more, more. It, it's so, like you said, it's so fulfillment driven. Like your new level could be three days off a week. Like that is a level up. Like right. if, if for you it is, do you know what I mean? It could be whatever. And so, yeah, I love that. But like even that wake up call, like for me, I realized I'm not going to travel every other week. Like I did that for six years. That's a new level for me. To stay home more is a new level. Right. I still love to travel. I still love to go places. It's just not two or three times a month, you know? Well, let me ask you this, and, and I don't know if you can answer this, but what are you going to cut out? Like what yeah. were you doing before that now you're like, you yeah. know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. That is great. So I, and I, so something I learned this year, I actually, um, I did shrooms with a shaman Mm -hmm. and I literally, I mean, if anyone has any questions, like I think shrooms are a magical, magical medicine on this earth that I will continue to do. I like my goal in 2021, I'm going to do a ton of shrooms. (laughs) Like I'm going to do so much ego work. Like I, I'm just going to level up, but I realized. I have fun shrimp was, stories, but I was in high school, so they're probably. Oh, it's different. <laughs> it's like a different right. type of experience. Um, it's like a spiritual awakening kind of vibe. Um, anyway, so I realized in that experience that I had been chasing a lack mentality in opportunity. I had been saying yes to literally fucking everything since 2009 because I thought that I had to in order to get an accolade, get a gig, be a keynote speaker, like all of these things, you know, in my heart, I have things I want to do. I want to write a book. I want to coach people. I want to speak on stages, not doing hair. I want to speak to people's soul because I know the impact that I can make on people. But I thought if I didn't go to every hair show, if I didn't say yes to every opportunity, every feature magazine that had a thing, every influencer opportunity, mainly non-paid, if I didn't do all those, that no one would think I could get that one or two gigs I wanted. I only wanted like one or two actual gigs. Right. And I have done that for so long, like almost a decade. I have just worked and worked and worked to do it. And it literally was in my fucking head. Like I could have emailed the people I wanted to speak on their stage and say, here's my pitch deck. This is my speech. Like, let's talk. Like right. I'm, I learned like I'm good enough at my craft and what I do in my own right for my own living room. Do you know what I mean? And right. online in my own weird retreats I host that I'm worth hiring to do the one or two speaking gigs. So, I mean, I told Redkin, I'm not traveling anywhere this year unless it's digital. I'll do it. Um, I, 
I'm doing the ISSC show, but it's digital. I'm not going to go to a single hair show. The only things I'm going to are my retreats I host and retreats that I want to attend that other people host or vacations. Because I get more out of a mastermind that someone else hosts or my own that I host than I do at a hair show or a stupid networking experience. I mean, that's just the truth. Right. Like my soul needs different things and that will get me so much farther and where I want to be happiness wise, wealth wise, giving back to my community wise. I mean, I know I'm in a 10 X this year in every way because I'm focusing my limited amount of energy in the right places. Right. Do you feel like you were showing up at those things because you felt like you had to be seen so people would ask you to do things? Yes. I thought if I didn't go, I would, I didn't exist. Like how would they know to hire me if I'm not And even when I would go to the hair show, I'd be like, oh, I have to go to every after party. And I'm like, I don't want to drink. I don't want to grind. I want to go to bed and watch Netflix. Like that's just, I like, I'm not, I'm not that cool. Like I just want to, (laughs) you know, I'd rather go to dinner with like three people who I love. And, um, so I even forced myself when I was there to be like, oh, I got to go to the after party for this brand and this and that. And if it was like a friend's brand, I would be there with bells on. Like Jenny Streeby's like, I have an air event. I really want you there. I'm there. But that's for a friend because I love her and I support her. If it's like for pressure of how I think I have to show up in order to get something, I'm not doing it anymore. I opt Well, you're out. doing it because you want to, not because you feel like you have to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that obligation is, it's literally false. Like I made it up for that long. Right. Like, well, and it's interesting because, you know, so with this podcast, for example, it's very new. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm saying this loosely. Don't, don't coach me on this one, but I'm a nobody. Like I, you know, like people don't, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> she's shaking her head. You're new <laughs> to the education world. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm new into this space. So it's funny because it's like, I feel like I need to keep showing up in places because I want people to say, oh, look, I'm, they keep seeing my face and then they maybe want to be on my podcast. Well, This year, uh, last month, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hop in someone's DM. And, you know, you, I mean, I I figured you would do it with me, but because you like know me, but like Jamie C, she doesn't really know me. Like I met her at Hair Love, but that was it. And like, I was like, I'm just going to send her a DM, you know, and I'm just going to ask. And she said, yes. And it's like, again, like, what is the worst thing that could have happened? She would have just said no or not responded. Like, yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's like, I don't have to like, just keep showing up in places that maybe I don't feel as authentic if I don't want to. No, like you didn't need to like, like, I don't know that you did this, but like, I was like that too. Like I have to like and engage and do this and show up at this thing. And like, that's exhausting. Like what right. if you just took that energy and put it into making a course or whatever, like anything else, I think you're spot on. And that's a huge, I mean, you learned that really quick. It took me like 10 years. So <laughs> Um, and here's the truth. I've never said no to a single interview anyone's ever asked me for. Really? No. Nobody? Nobody. If someone, if I didn't see it, I didn't see it, but like, I try really hard to see every DM and email. If someone said, I want to interview you, like, why would I say no? Like someone came out of their way to ask me to talk to me. Like I can fucking show up. Right. Right. Yeah. And I guarantee most people are like that. I agree. Well, it's interesting too, because again, switching into a different space, it almost like reminds me of like, I don't want to say high school, but kind of like high school. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, as a stylist, you just see all these educators and they're just, you know, but, but you get into it and you're like, oh, there's kind of, I don't want to say clicks either, because I think that everyone like mingles, but there is like micro communities. Yeah. Like there's like these people that really like this 
this community and then these kind of people that really like this community. And it, it's just kind of interesting because you don't know if like, I don't know, like if I talk to this person, is it going to like affect this person or if this, you know what though? Yeah. I don't fucking care. No. And you should <laughs> like, like we will, I mean, the hair love has a definite vibe and a definite community, but every year I try to bring in people from more of like, you know, a hair industry community or whatever, like a different type of vibe community. And everyone always ends up vibing with everyone, you know, because right. it's that same mission of we all love our industry. We all love our clients. Like, um, so I think that's great. And I think we're lucky to be in a field where hairdressers are so nice right. for the most part, you know, like most people like are in this industry to serve. Right. I think hairdressers who are wanting to level up or like, you know, going to the hair shows, going to the retreats, things like that. Um, I still think there is this like, um, old school kind of competition mentality still, but I, I do think it's diminishing. They don't even know what's going on. People. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like they're in their own community that they put themselves in that they don't even know where anything's going on. Right. No, right. I, I totally agree with you. Um, so you're young. I am young. How, if, can I ask how old you are? Yeah, yeah of course. I'm 28. Oh, see, I thought you were a little younger, but maybe that was when I, uh, when I first met you, but yeah, that's crazy I was, to me. I think I was 25 when I started hair love. When I was that young, I only cared about getting drunk and high. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you like this? (laughs) I mean, I know your story. And for anyone listening, if you don't know um, Elizabeth's backstory, you can go on her podcast, um, Hair Love Radio. um, And episode one and two. Yeah. I'm just an old soul. I really am. Like I, I mean, you guys will learn. I was on my own at 16. I started, you know, I was a high school dropout. I started my career at 16 full time. Um, I lived with different families from 13, 14 and 15. I mean, I was 16 with roommates, like paying my own bills. Like I just grew up really young and hard and fast. I had kind of a crazy childhood. Um, I just always was an old soul though. I yeah. just I just have been, and I've always just been crazy ambitious. And I've always like, my first boss was like, you don't have like a risk factor. You're like perfectly, what would he say? Um, I'm like perfectly naive. I'm like naive enough to try whatever the fuck I want, but smart enough to like figure it out. And I, and I think I try to hold on to that as I get older, cause I get less naive obviously. And I know bad shit can happen. Things can fail. Money can get lost, you know, and you start that fear starts to set in. And I try to stay in like enough, like even when I want to start something, I'll do some research, but not too much or I'll freak myself the fuck out you know? Right. Right. (laughs) It's almost like an in-between of like being smart enough to like have a plan, but not like too much of a plan. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's good to, I'm opposite. I'll research stuff to no end. And then like, it kind of overwhelms me and then I don't want to start, but I've gotten better about like not doing that. (laughs) No. And that's because it can paralyze you. And I'm not saying don't have a plan, don't have help, like for sure do, but also like there's that leap is part of the journey, you know? Right. Well, and anyone who's listening who um, has never gotten a coach or um, is hesitant about spending the money um, on a coach, that is one thing that I like about having somebody, especially about having you, especially with education foundations is like, it's not just like, hey, you need to do this, do this, do this, do this. It's, hey, I did this and this is what happened and it wasn't good. 
like just a FYI, like, so you, you get the, like, I've made a good handful of mistakes in the past couple months, but I probably would have made two handfuls of mistakes if I didn't have a coach. Actually, I probably wouldn't even have launched twice in two months if I didn't have a coach. So, um, it's worth it if you're ready to take action hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. If you're ready to take action. And I think the trick is, um, it's alignment and being ready. And so it's like alignment and commitment. And that's what I always tell people. Cause not everyone's for everyone and not every coach that like, I don't specialize in everything. I do do a lot of things, but I'm very specific on what I do. Like high powers for a very specific type of person. Education foundations is for a very specific type of person. And WIB is for a very specific, um, you know, hairstylist. And, and if you don't fit in those, then I'm not the right person. But if you want, you know, money and budgeting, it's you. Like there's so many types of people, but, um, alignment I think is huge. Like, do I like this person? Do the words they say, like, do I jive? Like, you know, do you feel aligned with them? Do you want the kind of life they have? Do the, you know, all of that. And like, is, are they someone you can hang out with? Like spend right. a day with, workshop with, you know, all of that. And then the commitment is the second part. And this is 50% of the progress. It's that commitment to putting that money down, traveling somewhere, like that commitment to a, a three month agreement or a 12 month or whatever it is. Um, it shifts you into a different energy of like, okay, it's like when you enroll in college, which I never did, but like <laughs> you did, you're like, fuck, I'm committed for two quarters. I have to pay for it. I either don't show up or I do. I either get a degree or I don't. Right. But I, I pay either way. And so, you know, money is just an energy. Time is just an energy and alignments and energy. And so all of those things come together and yeah. that, that's how you find someone. And when you make that energetic commitment, even scared, you'll move into a new stage of ready because you kind of have to, you put yourself in like a sink or swim, which is good. I always pay for a coach that is a little bit of a stretch. Yes. So if my budget's 20 K I'll spend 30 K. Right. Like something that's like, Oh, that kind of stresses me out a little bit, but not so much that I'm going to like not be able to pay my mortgage, but like enough that I need to hustle. And that I think, I think is, um, a healthy stretch. Well, that was one of the reasons that, um, I signed up for the high powered Academy. First of all, I know what you put on, like, I know that it will be worth it hundred, not even a question, but I'm not making that much money right now. Like this is new, but I knew that if I made the commitment that I would make that money, at least that money. You know what I mean? Because I know myself and, and I will push myself because I did make a commitment. And, and it's not just a commitment to yeah. you financially. It's a commitment to me as, for growth for myself. Yes. So yeah, yeah. so it, it's 100% worth it. But again, you have to be ready. You got to be ready to put in the work at the same time. For sure. Yeah. If you're like, yeah, it's you got to put in the time, you got to put in the work. But yeah, it's an, it is an interesting concept that works. And that's why, you know, every year I kind of inch up to that next thing where I'm like, oh shit, you know? Right, right. <laughs> if it doesn't scare you a little bit, is it even worth it? <laughs> yeah, like if it's too cush, like I might not even show up. It's like when you buy a $33 e-course and you never even look at it. Yep, Do you know what I, I mean? have done so many. I bought a $300 e-course and like looked at it once. 
my $500 ones and not looked at it. Like it's, it almost, it has to be aligned, meaning you need it, you want it. It's like fulfilling that problem. So if your problem in your life is budgeting or branding or whatever, like you need to find what's in aligned with you at the season you're in, which is why I said not every program I have is even meant for someone ever maybe. Right. But, um, so look for that alignment and then that commitment and then the stretch, and then it's time to have fun. <laughs> I love it. Elizabeth, I could talk to you for hours, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm just so proud of you. And I think the work you're doing is very important. I think it's going to change a lot of lives. I think um, hairdressers becoming wealthy is not only important work, but I think the world is genuinely a better place when hairdressers have money um, be because we do good things with it. We give back in so many different ways. And so I think um, wealth in the hands of stylists is powerful work and I'm excited for all the lives you're going to change. And I think if you're someone listening who wants to grow financially, even if you feel like you have, you, you have a semi handle, like there's always more you could dive into and that reset for your finances is huge. So I have personally been invested in your courses and your program and your curriculum. And I, I recommend them. And I, I think, you're going to have a great year next year. So get in her course. I appreciate that. Where can people find you? Well, um, my podcast is Hair Love Radio. Tons of free content there. And my Instagram is Hey Elizabeth Faye. And you can always, I, I'm really good about DMing back. So you can always chat with me. You'll get and, a, take, and you'll you know, get a video message from her. You will get a video message. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Elizabeth, thank you so much. And um, I'll see you soon. <laughs> I see you in Tulum. <laughs> I know, I cannot wait. <laughs> I'll love you always. Thank you. <laughs> love you. Thank you again. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hop on Instagram. Give it a share. Share it with your friends. Leave a review if you are so inclined. I, I so much appreciate it. And I see every single one of them. Um, the more reviews that we get, the more people that the podcast goes to. And obviously, the more times people see it on Instagram, um, the more listeners we get. And I'm really enjoying this. And I like that people listen. So go ahead and share it for me. I'd really appreciate it. And I will talk to you on the next one.